Hello there and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. Today is August the 17th. And I'll tell you, I think we got some really good wisdom in today's first reading and gospel from Daily Mass. I want to share some thoughts with you. And I just had a crack up, especially as I heard this first reading. So we're going to chat a little about this. But essentially, the theme that I want to go with today is, Lord, if you're really with me, then why is my life such a mess? Did you ever feel that way? Like, all right, Lord, I know you said you'd be with me, and, you know, you are all-powerful, and supposedly you love me. I, I believe that with an unconditional love. You, you love me unconditionally, and you're all-powerful, and you're supposedly with me. So why is it, Lord, that everything is so messed up in my life? If you have ever felt that way, or maybe if you're feeling that way right now, you came to the right place Let's have a conversation about it, and I think you're going to see some some uh, evidence of that in today's first reading. And also, the gospel has something that I want to highlight, too. So we'll, we'll try to tie all that in. I, I plan to be here for the next 30 minutes. I hope you can settle in and be able to join me as well. Um, before we begin, I want to turn to prayer. Before we begin and officially start the show by turning to our Father in Heaven with our prayer, I need to take a sip of my beverage du jour. Okay, hang on. It's a good one. I know you think I'm probably nuts, but this is a good one. This is a cup of hot tea with a piece of lemon. That is one of my favorite soothing drinks. It's pretty warm outside today, but it, it just feels good. You know, we happen to have fresh lemons. I uh, I just felt like I saw the tea bags in there, and I thought, this is what I'm going to go with today. So, I hope you've got a beverage, hope you've got a snack, hope you have a full course meal, whatever you want. I'm just glad you're with me and uh, and you're ready to get started. So with that in mind, let's turn to our Father in heaven who is always willing and ready to hear from us. And let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for being here for us. Father, thank you for always being willing to hear what we have to say to help us, and to give us the reassurance that we need as we we struggle with the problems of daily life, the reassurance that we need to know that you are with us. Father, we lift up our friends, our family. We pray for all those people who are suffering today. I want to pray for the restoration to health of, uh, of Cardinal Burke, Father, who is struggling, as you know, with COVID right now. Please heal him. Uh, We want to pray for anybody who is affected in any way by the coronavirus, whether it's physically or spiritually or emotionally, financially or financially. We want to pray for an end, a complete end to the coronavirus. Father, we want to pray for all of our needs and the needs of anybody who has turned to us and asked for our prayers. We pray, Father, for the situation in Afghanistan right now. We pray for the people in Haiti who are struggling tremendously with the earthquake and the storm that's, uh, that's threatening them. Uh, we pray for uh, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit today on all of us, on me so that I can deliver the message, and on all of us so that we can hear and respond to what it is that you have to say, Father. Thank you for everything. We love you, Father, and we ask these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus 
who is your Son and our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as I'm going through these um, intentions, it, it seems like so many people are in need of so many things. And, you know, this is this this begs the question, and we're going to hear this in the first reading. Lord, why? Why? Why are you allowing these things to happen? Now, here's the thing. God's ways are not our ways. Uh, we can't understand everything he does. We have to recognize that sometimes we cause our own problems. But sometimes he allows things to happen that just don't seem fair. And, and, and this is why we have to fall back. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you can't ask questions. I'm not saying you can't even lash out at him at times. And that, that happens. I mean, you know, there, there are times when we just don't understand what God's doing. What I would say is keep the dialogue going. Just talk to him. You know, I've yelled at him before. I don't want to give you permission to yell at him because then he's going, <laughs> he's going to blame me. But in all seriousness, yell at him if you have to. Whatever you Don't stop talking to him because I can assure you, and this is, I say this by faith, because, you know, it's it's different. It's, we, God is going to be mis, a, a mystery to us. It, it, we can understand certain things that he does. I mean, we can't, I should say, we can't comprehend everything that he does because we're not God. And he looks at, he sees a bigger picture than we do. And the only way that we can come to accept his working in our lives and the lives of others is through faith. We might be able to understand a few things he does, but we can't comprehend everything that he does. You know, we look at this earthquake in Haiti. We look at people who were dying from COVID, who were getting sick and who were dying. I mean, there were just certain cases that just don't seem to make sense. But again, there's a bigger picture. I really believe that. We're going we're gonna to see some of that in the, in the first reading today. And I really, one of the reasons I pray that the Holy Spirit opens our minds, and I include me in that too, because I might be speaking the words for this program, but the Lord's speaking to me too through these readings, through through my own words. Uh, oftentimes, sometimes I'll say something, you know, and that's why I pray for the Holy Spirit to guide my words when I do this program or when I do any of my talks or even my books. I, I ask for that because I don't want this to be my opinion. And I really believe that he does guide my words. You know, I'm not saying my words are infallible because they're not, but I do believe that when I ask for the Spirit to guide me, I believe to a certain extent when I, when I allow him to do so, that he does. That doesn't mean any of my opinion doesn't get incorporated into my writings or my talks or my radio programs. But I feel that he does guide me. I can feel it when it happens. So therefore, sometimes I'll say something on this show or in one of my talks, and I'll think, wow, I, I didn't plan to say that, but I, that's pretty good, <laughs> you know? But I, it's not from me. It's from the Spirit. So look, there, there are questions in life. We're going to have unanswered questions. You can ask them. God, how, why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me? You may get an answer. You may just get a trust me in return. You know, because so much of following the Lord involves trust. It just does. Because he's got an infinite intellect, we don't. He's going to see things differently than we do. And sometimes in order to accept him, as God, 
He makes us trust him by doing things that we don't understand. The question is, are you willing to obey even if you don't fully understand what he's up to? You know, and, and, and every one of us faces that challenge. Am I willing to say yes to God like the Blessed Mother did, even when I don't fully understand all of the details? And the only way we're going to be able to do that is through faith. So we'll talk about it today. I'm to take one more sip of my tea. Anyway, welcome to the program. I am Gary Zimak. This is Following the Truth. Please go to my website, followingthetruth.com, for more information about my work. I'm still, I, I got a... Got an inquiry yesterday. I'm going to be doing another talk, it looks like, in November. People are booking talks, which is really great. Normally, we book them months or even years in advance, but I'm filling in some gaps for later this year because I think churches are realizing that they want to get these talks in now that things are starting to open up. But, you know, things are, are iffy. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, so we are just going to take one day at a time. I say we. Meaning me, basically, and I suggest you do the same thing. We take one day at a time. Let's let's celebrate this day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know that comes from Psalm one eighteen, uh, verse twenty four, I believe it is. That's a great way to live our lives, and and that is not the way I have typically rolled in the past. I don't normally operate that way, but I'm learning that that is the way to do it. The Lord has given us a day. Let's make the best of it. Let, with that in mind, let's look at uh, the the daily the mass, the readings from today's daily mass. The first reading is from the book of Judges. It begins in chapter six. It's verses eleven through twenty four. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want to read the whole thing, and then I'll try to frame it and and put it in its proper context. It's a great story of somebody who is in trouble and waiting for the Lord to respond, and and actually saying to the Lord, "Wait a minute." Why aren't you helping me? And the Lord responds in a somewhat unconventional way, but it works out all in it all works out in the end. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abrezite. Ab, Boy, these names are brutal sometimes. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to save it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O champion. I, I want to pause here just to kind of set this up just to make sure it's clear. So Gideon, he's beating out wheat in the wine press to save it from the Midianites. Midian has is threatening Israel right now. And what they're going to do is take over all the fields and the crops. So Gideon is trying to save some of the wheat from the hands of the Midianites. In other words, Israel is in trouble, and Gideon is sitting there trying to preserve what he can of his family's wheat in the wine press, and the angel of the Lord then appears. So this is like the Lord, when the Lord's presence is known in the Old Testament, it's typically referred to as the angel of the Lord. So this is the Lord talking to Gideon, and he's saying the message that we have heard so many times, a message that appears throughout the pages of the Bible, the Lord is with you. Oh, champion, you know, so and Gideon, I'm sure it doesn't feel like a champion at this point because they are in grave danger. So if you're somebody right now who feels threatened 
by what's going on in the world, by what's going on in your life, by a particular situation, by the fear of tomorrow, you can relate to this story. So, so listen up. This is good stuff. The Lord is with you, O champion. Well, then Gideon said to him, and this is a great question, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are his wondrous deeds of which our fathers told us when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? For now the Lord has abandoned us and delivered us into the power of Midian. So, so Gideon is saying, you know, Lord, if, if you are supposedly with us, then why are we in such bad shape? How come you're not coming through for us like you came through for our fathers in the past? And the Lord turned to him and he said, Go with the, the strength you have and save Israel from the power of Midian. It is I who send you. So what the Lord is doing, Gideon saying, wait, how come you're not helping us? And the Lord says to him, I want you to go and save Israel from the power of Midian. Now, obviously, the question Gideon has, well, let me just read this because he asks, he asks the obvious question. But Gideon, Gideon answered the Lord, please, my Lord, how can I save Israel? My family is the lowest in Manasseh, and I am the most insignificant in my father's house. In other words, my family is nothing, and I'm even less than nothing. We are nobodies, and you're telling me? that I can save Israel from this, this severe and dangerous enemy? But the Lord said to him, I shall be with you, and you will cut down Midian to the last man. And here's that message again. I will be with you. The reason, Gideon, you, Mr. Insignificant, nobody, the reason you can succeed in, in saving Israel is because I'm going to help you. And you know, one of the things the Lord likes to do, we see this throughout the Bible, is use these lowly people, these people who shouldn't be able to accomplish anything. The Lord uses them as his instruments, and he does great things through them because by using somebody who the world looks at as being not, not uh, powerful, that way it's possible for the Lord to manifest his power through that person. That's, that's one of his favorite techniques. I shall be with you, the Lord said to him, and you will cut down Midian to the last man. Gideon answered him, If I find favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Do not depart from here, I pray you, until I come back to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. He answered, I will await your return. So Gideon says to the Lord, Give me a sign. This is too crazy. I'm asking you to confirm that, that what you're telling me is true. So Gideon went off and prepared a kid and a measure of flour in the form of unleavened cakes. Putting the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out to him under the terebinth and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and unleavened cakes and lay them on this rock, then pour out the broth. When he had done so, the angel of the Lord stretched out the tip of the staff he held and touched the meat and unleavened cakes. Thereupon a fire came upon from the rock that consumed the meat and unleavened cakes. 
and the angel of the Lord disappeared from sight. Gideon, now aware that it had been the angel of the Lord, said, Alas, Lord God, that I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord answered him, Be calm, do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built there an altar to the Lord and called it Yahweh Shalom. Now the, the fear, uh, the obvious fear of, of Gideon is that, okay, now he knows he has come into contact with the Lord and, and, and he's afraid that because of that, that he is, he is going to die. Now, I, I don't want to get, um, I, I'm, I'm going to look ahead here. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but what's going to happen is tomorrow's first reading, we're going to skip over the rest of the details of the story. So we're not going to get any resolution here. I want to make sure you understand what did happen. Ultimately, and there was some there was some plot twists, and I would recommend if you get a chance, go back to the book of Judges. This occurs in chapter 6, but read chapter 7 and chapter 8 going forward, and you're going to see what happened. Ultimately, Gideon turned to the Lord for help once he was convinced that the Lord, you know, was really going to be there for him. And he did indeed, with God's help, defeat the enemy of Midian. This, it should not have happened, but it's, an, it's another example of how the Lord can do the impossible in our lives. But we have to trust him. That's not easy. Here's what I want to do. I want to look at this gospel. This is the gospel from today's Mass. And, and I want to read it to you. Um, this is the follow-up from yesterday when we heard about the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what, what do I need to do to, to, to gain eternal life? And he said, well, follow the commandments. And the, the man said, well, I followed all the commandments. Is there anything else? And he said, yes, go take what you have, sell, sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then follow me. And we know that the, the man went away sad because he had many possessions. He he chose his possessions over Jesus. And as we said yesterday, we don't know what happened. Maybe he thought about it. Hopefully, I'd like to think he thought about it and, and came back to Jesus and said, I changed my mind. I, I do want to follow you. But whatever the case, this gospel is the follow-up to that incident. But there's there's a point in here. There's something in here that I really want to emphasize, and it ties back to that story of Gideon. Let me just read this. This is Matthew chapter 19. It's not that long. Verses 23 through 30. Jesus said to his disciples, and again, this pertains back to that story of the rich young man walking away from Jesus because he didn't want to sell his possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So what, what Jesus is saying, and this is, you know, we, we probably know this, is that it's very easy to put our security in possessions, in the things of the world, at the expense of our trust in Jesus. In other words, trusting more in our possessions and the things of the earth than in Jesus. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's very challenging for us because putting our trust in Jesus, just like with Gideon in that first reading, putting our trust in the Lord and not in our own strength, not in our own wealth, not in our own power, putting our trust in the Lord requires faith. Because we can't necessarily see him 
Gideon, you know, he encountered the angel, but the the enemy, he's seeing the enemy a lot clearer, more clearly than he is seeing the Lord and the Lord's power. And that could be happening to you right now. That bad medical diagnosis, that empty bank account, that broken relationship, that uh, possible job layoff, the statistics on COVID, whatever it is, they seem a lot more real than God oftentimes. But through faith, we're called. You know, faith gives us the ability to believe that what God has revealed is true and also by through that belief faith allows us to respond to step out to act in faith expressing confidence in God but because it's faith because faith is required we don't have that um, that gar- that we, we don't we, we, I, I'm trying to phrase this right. I want to make sure I get this right. It requires some degree of uncertainty. Stepping out in faith requires some degree of uncertainty. So Gideon had to, at some point, make the conscious decision to trust in the Lord and trust that, with God's help, that he would be able to defeat the enemy. Peter, when seeing Jesus walking on the water in the storm, and Jesus said, step out of the boat. It is me. Peter had to trust that he wasn't going to sink and drown. And, and I think oftentimes, we're, I know we are called to trust in the same way. So the, um, the, the disciples are responding to the fact that Jesus is saying, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. And they said, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and he said, For men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. Now, the gospel goes on a little bit further, but I I, I think I'm going to stop it there because that's the one line that I wanted to emphasize. For men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. And that's what Gideon needed to believe. And I think that's what you need to believe today. It's what I need to believe. I know that much. Because oftentimes, what we are facing in life looks impossible. And to be honest with you, without the assistance of God, these things that we are called to face are impossible. But with God, everything, including what appears to us, to be impossible, everything is possible. Are you willing to believe that? Are you willing to put your faith in God? And it really is difficult, I think, to do that sometimes because of the fact that we're so used to trusting in our own power. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy to put our faith in in the Lord. It just isn't. You know? Um, here's the thing. When we get these challenges in life, and, and, I, and I've talked with you about this before, but I think it's, I think it bears repeating um, because it, 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 
it just happens. It happens so often. I mean, earlier today, I was thinking about some things in my own life that, boy, they sure look impossible. I'm not really sure how they're going to get resolved, but I've, I've seen enough from the Lord. I've seen enough from the Lord to know that he can come through even when it doesn't look like there is a solution. But I also know, and, and this is what I'm going to present to you today, that the more impossible whatever it is that you're facing looks, the greater the opportunity for the Lord to come through. This is what Gideon faced. This is what I have faced in the past. This is what you could be facing right now. Your impossible situation, every impossible situation, provides an opportunity for the Lord to perform a miracle. Now, sometimes these miracles he performs, they look rather ordinary. They're not jaw-dropping, as I like to refer to them as sometimes. Sometimes they're not. More often than not, they're going to look ordinary. But that's okay. Because the Lord works in the ordinary as well as the extraordinary. So what I would encourage you to do today, just like Gideon, is look at your difficult situation, your impossible situation, if it's that bad, as an opportunity to put your trust in an all-powerful and all-living God. Instead of putting your faith in the things of the world, and honestly, what worry is, it's putting our faith in the things of the world. It's putting our faith in ourselves as opposed to God. And when I when I worry, and I was starting to get caught up in this cycle last night, when I worry, I'm turning inward and saying, this is all about me. And, and completely excluding God from the picture. And we don't want to do that because that's a big mistake. We want to focus on the what is rather than the what if. The what ifs that are going through our mind, they are imaginary. They might turn out the way we're, we're planning, but then again, they might not. The what is, is the fact that God is in control. He's all powerful. He's all loving. And he is with us. As he told Gideon. Sometimes you just got to deny the evidence. You know, we can look at evidence and say, all right, it doesn't look good. This is impossible. God is not helping me. Or we can look at it and say, it doesn't look good. God is, um, it, it doesn't look good. It looks impossible, but God is with me. And with God, nothing is impossible. You know, it's all the way you look at it. So I pray for you today that whatever you're facing, you can have the hope that Gideon had. Initially, he struggled, but ultimately he said, you know what? I'm going to put my faith in the Lord, and the Lord was good for his word. Gideon did indeed, with the Lord's help, defeat the enemy of the Midianites. I'm going to pray for you too today, that whatever you're facing, the Lord will come through for you and give you what you need. I got to run. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward, God willing, to being back with you tomorrow. Have a great night.